So where's the other rumour in list, eh? <laughs> so, you're not aliens. Hi. Hi. How do you do? How do you do? So you must be list, eh? And you are too. I hope so. You must be rumour. So am I. Splendid. <laughs> Deb. Dave. Arnold. Ollie. Indeedy. <laughs> Yo, Cat. There you are. Come on, uh, we're going to disco. What? Yeah, Holly says it's going to take about 17 hours to repair the hot drive, so I thought we'd go and have a few... <laughs> Bevy's like, yeah, 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 well, come on! Yeah! When I saw you for the first time, first time. my knees began to quiver, quiver. and I got a funny feeling really? in my kidneys and my liver. Baby. My hands just started shaking. shaking My heart began to thumping My breakfast left my body Now darling, tell me something Why do you make me tongue-tied Tongue-tied Whenever you are near me Tied tongue Tied tongue Whenever you're in town Saw you cross the dance floor. Dancing. I thought of birds and bees. Assistant, baby. But when I tried to speak to you, talk, talk. My tongue unraveled to my knees. I tried to say I love you. Love you. But it came a kind of wrong girl. It sounded like na nubidi doo That's cause you make me tongue-tied Tongue-tied Whenever you are near me Tongue-tied Whenever you're around Oh, I'm begging on my knees Sweet, sweet darling, listen please And understand me when I say Good girl, giggle, doggle, niggle, foggle, nibble, nay I'm trying to say I'm nongy, nangy, ningy, nongy why can't I tell you clearly? Gadabi Durgle, Dabby Devil, Durgle Dabby, whenever you're around, whenever you're around. Hello and welcome whenever to the Podcast. And if you have somehow made it this far, I must apologize to you for the previous three minutes. Uh, anyway, on the rest of our show, we're going to be talking about Red Dwarf, and this is season two. Episode 6, Parallel Universe. I am Heath. I'm Shane. I'm Arlene. And I'm Nutty, because Angela's not here. Nutty! We're happy that Nutty's back. We like Nutty. Hello! She's nice. And yeah, I'm glad that uh, that Nutty is here in particular, because if ever an episode needed the feminine perspective, <laughs> this one is it. So it's a shame Angela couldn't make it this week. But she did leave us a little note that we're going to play a little later in the podcast, uh, giving her uh, two cents. Uh, so before we get into it, Shane, do you want to tell us what this parallel universe thing is all about? Of course. Holly creates a new star drive called the Holly Hop Drive that will walk Red Dwarf from one spot, part of space to another within, within a matter of seconds. 
It all goes wrong when Red Dwarf enters an alternate dimension. The crew encounter female versions of themselves and Ket encounters another version of himself, a dog with a southern accent. That accent. We'll talk about that. Um, so, my first thought when the episode started was, what the heck is going on, and why is Cat dressed as the third Doctor singing? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I was uh, glad when they explained what was going on there, but it was a nice little musical number, I thought. It was like the most awesome thing I'd ever seen. When I watched it as a kid, I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. Ever. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I will. It gets once I hear it, it gets stuck in my head, and I'll be singing it for days. And uh, yeah, no, it's 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 great. And the first time I saw it, because I watched everything out of order, um, it made as much sense to me as it would to somebody who did watch it in order. Like and, me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One thing I noticed from it, Lister yeah. looked very uncomfortable throughout the whole performance. He kind of did, didn't yeah. he? I noticed he looked short. Because he is. <laughs> He's a lot shorter than the other two guys. Can I, can I, can I tell you some trivia about that dance? Go ahead. No. This okay. You're going to love this. No, no, no word of a lie. Do you want to know who choreographed that dance? Oh, I actually, don't, don't I actually you know, know this one already. Oh, I, I don't like you no more. You're not supposed to but look things up. <laughs> well, I waited until after the episode because I, I actually looked him up after we were talking about how he was American and living in Washington and what all he was up to. So. Yes, Queeg choreographed the tongue-tied dance. President Queeg. Dance, sucker. Please, fucking sucker. <laughs> I, I think it's great because you get to see what Cat dreams about when he's not dream, dreaming about sons of girls. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. That I mean, why is Cat dreaming about musical numbers? Well, then again, why is Rimmer dreaming about musical numbers in his undies? <laughs> there you go. The, the all like to dance. The lyrics was written by Rob Grant and Doug Nader, the writers of Red Wall, uh, for their previous radio sketch show, Son of Cliché. Oh. Ah, that makes sense, given the title. It was very much just a send-up of your classic 50s doo-wop sort of... And uh, Danny John Jules released his own version of the song in 1993, and it reached number 17 on the UK chart. <laughs> awesome. But he, well, it it. It. he didn't release it as Danny John Jules, he released it as Cat. No, no, he released it as Cat, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. So, uh, we have the musical, and we find out that he's searching for a dream, and we move on. Going back to the, so, uh, sorry, going back to the, go, oh, sorry, going sorry. back to the musical for a moment. Uh, a couple yeah. of things to note, really, were the rehearsal time for the musical number really, really cut in to the rehearsal time for the actual episode itself. Have you ever danced, Shane? No, I haven't, no. But um, if you have ever danced, you would understand why. Yeah. But the actors were, were the actual... Are you a dancer, Paul? I, I 
did dance at college years ago. It was part of my drama course that I had to do. I had to do a module on dance, and I didn't do very well. Very but the actors were actually sorry. The actors were actually complaining about how much time it actually took to practice the dance. I'd imagine so. And also, there's a little bit that's cut out. If you watch the full version of the song, um, you can actually see there's actually a bit cut out of the video. What part cut out? Um, if you notice about a minute and a half into it, Lister and Rimmer go up one set of stairs on the left-hand side. Literally two seconds later, they appear on the other set of stairs on the right-hand side. Well, they used a holly hop drive. Okay. <laughs> Just five. <laughs> also, it was a dream. But yeah, so what what went on while they were up there? Oh, just, um, just a, another verse that was cut out. Yeah, I saw in the in the lyric sh- uh, sheet that you sent me, it uh, it had more mm. words than they yeah. had. So. Okay. And so back in the real world, Rimmer is exercising on a bicycle that I noticed had a hologram insignia on it, so the hollow bike, and he feels the need to wear a safety helmet while on a stationary bicycle, because he's Rimmer. Better be (laughs) safe than sorry. Also, he's a hologram. If he falls off, is he really going to hurt himself? It's a uniform, like anything else, it's a uniform. There might have been a... There might have been like a hollow knife on the floor. Who knows? <laughs> oh, he might have slipped on some hollow water. So, yeah, then Holly and Cat, uh, I mean, not Holly, we've got thinking of Holly for holograms now. Um, Hello, Holly. Rimmer and Cat d- discussed relationships. So, I don't know, what did y'all think of Rimmer's take on relationships in general? He is horrible. I mean, it's not just the the hypnotizing and the uh, uh, bad pickup lines. I mean, he just, he has no idea what the idea of a woman or courting a woman is supposed to be. The idea that you're supposed to trick women, it's, it's just, it's really bad and it's only made worse when you meet his female counterpart. <laughs> Uh, one thing that uh, I think it was Jace wanted me to bring up on uh, the next time I recorded with you all is that when I first started watching these, I was a shy, backward teenager, and a lot of the sexual jokes went right over my head, and I didn't even I, I didn't even notice them. You know, it didn't faze me. I didn't realize what they were referencing. And when I look at it now as an adult, especially whenever in other episodes when you know Rimmer does the whole "I gave her one." I'm like, how did I not see this? How was I not repulsed by this as a kid? But it just went right over my head. A lot of those things are are self-censoring in a way. Yeah. I don't quite get what's going on there. Yeah, you know, I found this really strange. I mean, Rimmer, he's he's awful to everybody in general. Uh, We've established that, but... Just from his comments when he was like criticizing how Lister had handled his one possibly good relationship in his whole life that he threw away because he didn't want to be tied down. 
Um, you know, I got the idea that, it, you know, maybe Rimmer's ideas about women were all for maybe a bit old-fashioned, but that he at least respected the idea of, of women in relationships, and this, yeah, was sort of surprising that he was so hunt them down as prey, etc., etc. Well, the thing is, with that relationship with, with uh, Lisa, was he wasn't himself in, in, in his memory, was he? It, it was, it was uh, Rim, uh, Lister, not Rimmer. And that's why he thought it'd be totally different. But when it comes to it himself, when he's his own person, that, that, he just goes to show his true side to himself. I guess so. What's next? Hollyhop Drive. Oh yes, a Hollyhop Drive. Oh yeah, one. Oh, we have a, a bit of um, a bit of foreshadowing there because uh, to show his wonderful pickup lines, Rimmer asked Lister to uh, to be a girl, to be a woman. It did that last week. Oh, yeah, that's right, too, yeah. So I've started to realize that there's a bit of a pattern there that I'm going to start looking for. Because last week, they had um, they had the whole thing with telling the silly story, and, and then it turns out to just be a farce, which was the theme of the whole episode. And then this one, they have, all right, you be a girl, and then that was the theme of the whole episode. So... Do they do that all the time? Have I just been completely missing this? I hadn't noticed it, but that's that's very interesting. So it's something to look out for. They're very thematic in their writing. So yeah, uh, the Holly Hop Drive. Lovely. It happens to be a box. Yeah, lovely bit of engineering there. A box with two buttons. You know, I think though they were really predicting the whole um, Apple design mode. Yeah, thing. one button. That's all you need. You just need the one button. I think the Onion actually had a parody of that, where they were ap- they were showing an Apple computer computer where they had replaced the keyboard with like one big scroll button. Yeah, I remember oh, that. I remember that. Uh, teleportation, they are going to go straight back to Earth and find out that Earth has been taken over by uh, a German sausage. Right? Except that that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. What? I missed that one. <laughs> I was going to say, help it. I still like the version of things that Holly told. That Earth was destroyed by mold. Mm. Uh, so, they teleport, but not to uh, another place, but rather another dimension. Their little tesseract there. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, as far as predictions go, yeah, I guess we were on the right track anyway, uh, because it was named Parallel Universe, not much of a stretch there. Uh, but there was one neat prediction, because Angela at one point said that if Cat were a hologram, he would have a bedazzled H on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Which in the dream, uh, Rimmer did in Cat's dancing dream. Oh yeah. It's nice and sparkly. So Angela gets a point for that, I should think. Can, can we talk about the so, yeah, so things are flamingoed up. Uh, the countdown. What? Yes, the countdown. Oh yeah, yeah. Ten, nine, eight, the final test. Sorry. Do 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 do. This is the musical episode. 
Sorry. Nice little... Uh, Everyone's already heard me sing once, but they don't need to hear me sing again. Sorry. So, they, they, they go into the trans-dimensional portal there and end up in uh, the universe of women, mm-hmm. which is cool. I really liked Hilly. Mm-hmm. You've heard her voice before. Oh, have I? Yes. Her voice pops up in the first series in a couple episodes uh, for things that they have voiceovers for. And sometimes robots. I don't remember exactly, but I do know that you've heard her voice before you've actually seen her. Random shot at Ringo. Yeah, they don't like Ringo much. Why? Because he can't sing? Yeah, doesn't have to. He's not a great drummer? <laughs> Does he pale in comparison to the other frontman? But he's not, he doesn't have to be anything. Uh, he was on the, a children's show over here for a long time. Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah. He was Mr. Conductor. And, and there was a better Mr. Conductor man, though. George oh, Carlin. Uh, George Carlin. Well, George Carlin is, yeah, the king. Yeah. Uh, my, my little sister was of an age where she watched that all the time. And she watched a lot of horrible shows. And compared with Marnie the Dinosaur, Thomas oh. the Tank Engine is, like, brilliant. It's Shakespeare. So. Although, Barney the Dinosaur, uh, I think I read somewhere that um, Selena Gomez, who's on another children's show now, Wizards of Waverly Place, was one of the Barney kids. Well, that's another reason uh, not to like Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> Selena Gomez. Um, okay, so... Uh, they get to the alternate universe there, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on, uh, and we finally get that, yes, everyone in this universe has switched genders, or at least the society has switched genders to such a degree that, I don't know, it's a little confusing about how that works, but because is it that everyone who was born a man was born a woman in this universe, or that society changed in such a fundamental way no, that it... different... I don't no, basically, it's just the roles are reversed. That's all it is. Yeah, I think it's more two sides yeah. of the same coin kind of a thing. Yeah. Hence why the cat is a dog. Yeah. And why? Although there's, oh, there's something on that, though. But um, Okay, so. Cat does one of my favorite things right here, though. Oh, what's that? Oh, the perfume yeah. thing? The, the plate smells, yeah. and he decides to take care of it by claiming everything as is by spraying it with perfume. It's actually his cat scent. It's his own yeah. scent. He's like, that's mine. mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. I yeah. love it. It's, yeah. it's one of my favorite things he does. A very cat-like thing to do. Yeah. I have to ask, though, um, he, when that door stood open and we, we saw the female version of this uh, room, what was the first thing that went through your head? Oh, I was just like, oh, okay, this is what it's going to be. I, I, I mean, it, it's it's a sci-fi trope. I wasn't too horribly surprised. Do you know what I, I found a bit of it rather creepy? Do you know when the two listeners, like, obviously the door opened up, the two listeners came face to face? I was like, mm-hmm. they're going to get it on. As soon as I think, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you can check. And he's like, <laughs> you're the same person. Oh, but, but the way you they were can looking see at... it in their body language. Mm. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're totally macking on Because the lifters are, like, almost touching. They're so close. Mm-hmm. And the rimmers are standing as far apart as they possibly can. Arlene Rimmer is the greatest character in this episode. <laughs> so, just for, for clarification's sake, and, again, now, uh, as a nod to, to my... Uh, I have to say, I do not particularly approve of uh, misogynist terms like chick. However, because it rhymes and sounds really cool, I've decided to call them Femrim and Chicklist. Um, rim, <laughs> the female rimmer is and called... <laughs> the female rimmer is called Arlene, and the female lister is called Debbie. Right, Femrim and Chicklist. <laughs> yeah, that works. We'll keep with that. Yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Um, so, okay, my immediate thought was, all right, if the genders are reversed, then Frankenstein the cat would have been a boy, uh, so there's no there's no cats on this ship because... Uh, uh, but uh, uh, remember, but the boys have Oh, yeah, that's well, I, better, I didn't know that. But also, Frankenstein would have just been a, a, a dog instead of a cat. Well, you say that, but the picture of the cat is still... Uh, Above uh, Chickless's bed. You, you're right. Um, I actually saw there's a, if, if you notice, uh, everything that says Rimmer says Arnold Rimmer also. Yeah. yeah. Sure, On the set. Yeah. They didn't change Hardy the set. Best. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to mention, though, um, because of what happens at the end of the, uh, end of the episode, um, if Frankenstein was a boy cat, same thing had happened, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I didn't realize, I did, of course didn't know that part of it when I first, yeah. when I first uh, saw that there were, that everybody had switched genders in this universe. So, but, as we see, there, there's no cats at all on this ship. Apart Just from a cat. dog. Yeah. And, and let's not forget the pink scudder. <laughs> the pink scudder is awesome! Oh. And the little scudderlings later, oh. So, yeah, um, you know how I said uh, in a previous episode how British actors do a much better job with Southern accents mm. than American mm-hmm. actors? Mm. I need to qualify that and say some British actors <laughs> do a much better job oh, with Southern accents. Because, yeah, dog, not great. I'm not even sure if he was really going for Southern, but more... Trailer park? Yeah. Yeah, it was a very particular type of trailer park southern. Although, I mean, it, it, really the accent was, it was all over the place. Yeah. He was throwing in, like, Texas yo's and, and, and Appalachian. Anyway, yeah, it, it was, it was. He was but, Well, do you not think maybe it, it, that it, it was going to be like that on purpose? Maybe so. Because dogs are dumb. Maybe so, and I guess they were trying for a contrast between Cat as as urbane and 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 overly uh, overly meticulous and and sophisticated with his appearance and and mannerisms, while the dog was you know the opposite. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I I, I was not thrilled with with that particular character in general. Uh, Toddy. Not a term that's uh, that's really used in that sense over here. Over here, a hot toddy would be a drink. Okay. Oh, really? 
more that, that, that's oh. Toddy. That's Toddy. Well, what what um imaging uh Im- uh, uh Chick Chick Rimmer said was Totty. Oh, oh okay. right. It's a, a T, not a D. Okay. Okay. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, not, not a slang that we use, so I had to look that one up. One note about, um, the female, the female Rimmer. Yes. She was played by an actress named Suzanne Burtish. And she caused a massive headache for um, the cast in rehearsal. Oh, really? Why? She was in re- all the way through rehearsal. She was playing um, the character as herself. Oh. She wasn't, you know, hmm. she wasn't playing it as a part. She was just, she was just, she was just reading the lines as they come. And they were causing a massive. They were caused, that caused a massive um, headache for the perception team and the rest of the cast because they were like, oh, if she's doing this like this, what's going to be happening like when we record it? Mm. Only to for her to nail it on the performance night. And what she was doing throughout the week was actually watching Chris Barry, the person who plays Rimmer, mannerisms and trying to get that game completely perfect before she went out in front of a live audience. Ah. Okay. Holding it in yeah. check, huh? I had read that <clears throat> she was a member of the Royal Shakespeare Academy. And I read that she had a main or a reoccurring role on the show Rome. But I've never seen that show. It's, it's about um, Rome. <laughs> ah, well. I thought fair. it was about Seattle. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a very postmodern piece. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so they all decide uh, to go to the disco, and poor Rimmer has a bit of a panic at the disco. <laughs> you were saying that panic one up. At, the, at the disco. <laughs> um, so, yeah at, uh, yeah, at first it seems like that. Um, Lister and Chicklist are really, you know, having a good time and everything, but Lister finds her kind of disgusting. Mm-hmm. Probably because he also is disgusting. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and in the same way, Rimmer uh, gets to see some of his own flaws reflected in uh, Fembra. I, You know, as I'm watching it, uh, I, I was starting to think, I'm like, I think that Fem Rimmer has more games. And then the further that it went on, I'm like, no, no, now Femme Rimmer is harassing Rimmer and bordering on criminal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Bad touch, bad touch. Yeah, bad touch. Uh, And I I would like to think that Rimmer would never go as far as Femme Rimmer did. One would hope. I think that Rimmer is more insecure than Fem Rimmer because his insecurities would stop him from going that far. Yeah, that's what I didn't. Yeah, like I said, I just I, I had some assumptions about Rimmer there that 
you know, although he, he generally treats people horrible and he has no social skills, that, that he wouldn't treat a woman in the way that Femrem treats him anyway. But I don't know. Maybe Maybe hard to say. in their society, uh, the men's liberation movement did not go as far as the women's liberation movement did. Weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Cat is wearing the outfit that he was wearing in his dance number. Yes. He gets to dress as, as uh, John Pertwee. <laughs> <laughs> but he makes it look good. He really does. I don't know how he, he really manages to pants and make them look good. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And talking of Doctor Who, um, I didn't actually see this episode when it first aired. Originally, mm-hmm. uh, so oh, I bought it on video a number of years later. So my first, uh, my first exposure to the actress who plays um, female Lister was actually the following year in a bat- in an episode of Doctor Who named Battlefield called Battlefield, hmm. where she played hmm. what uh, what Doctor era was that it? was uh, Sylvester McCoy. Ooh, seven. I saw him at Dragon <laughs> Con. Okay, um, where did you play the Brigadier? Oh. So going from the female lister to a Brigadier in one year. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, not bad at all. Wait. So she played a Brigadier or the Brigadier? Um, it was a Brigadier. It was the Brigadier after the the Spirit Child. Because I was going to say, yeah, if they had done a uh, a transgender theme in that too, then that would be really, really weird. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what have we got there? Um, why do I have that written down? Sorry, my notes just got really, really confusing. <laughs> right. So we move on to the morning after. Well, before we go to the morning after, if I may... We go to the night before. Holly and Hilly showing up with uh <gasps> marks all over Holly's face. Holly and Hilly. Good for Holly. Mm-hmm. And Hilly's got legs. And Hilly, too. He's got game. He's got funky ears as well. What was that? He has funky ears as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Can yeah, his, his, his ears have some mad dancing skills. Maybe that's what Hilly was like, yeah, it's all about the ears. So everybody is coupling up, although Rimmer apparently manages to hide from Femrim. So good good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other morning after happens, and Lister gets a nasty surprise. That in this universe, it's the dudes that get to have the babies. Which, I'm sorry, from an evolutionary standpoint or a creationist standpoint, makes absolutely no sense in terms of biology. Yeah. But still. Just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how exactly does that work? I'll just go with it. it, it, it Seahorses make it work, work but... For male in that universe. 
but not a male from our universe into that universe. Yeah. If I'm making logical sense here. But I mean, all indications are that biologically speaking, males are still males and females are still females in key ways in the process. So I don't Basically, see... the outs are still outs and the ins are still mm-hmm. ins. So how yeah. does it go from one being to the other? Yeah. So lots of SOD. That's as PG rated as I could make it. <laughs> well, done. well done, by the way. Well, you see. Uh, yeah. And then we want a baby scutterling. Scutter love each other very much, and they watch John Wayne movies. Yeah. Baby scutter. Although I actually, yeah, I got kind of sad at that because apparently the scutter from uh, our red dwarf fathered or mothered depending on your point mm-hmm. of view, these scutterlings, and apparently they all get left behind. Yeah, the mum the got restraining order. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in custody. The mother got custody. Duet, yeah, duet, so duet's a robot car, and, um, yeah, the mum got full custody. The dad was seen as, uh, an unfit parent because he's, uh, too addicted to John Wayne movies. To pay enough attention to raise the scattered children. I'll and from sense. another dimension. Yeah. So, yeah, I was sort of scared for, sad for the scutter bot there. Um, I am guessing uh, when they were trying to figure out what color the um, test was supposed to be, the, when uh, Rimmer was cheering for Lister to be pregnant and says, come on, you reds, I'm guessing that's a soccer thing. Manchester United. Yeah, it, no, it's, it's ah. a soccer thing. Not not just Man United. It's just a well, football thing. Cause in, in football, like the two teams, more often than not, one will be in red, one will be in blue, and you choose one. Okay. Yeah. So here with with college football, I mean, yeah, you might say you know go big blue or something like that, but yeah, that's not quite as ubiquitous as. as yeah, come on, you Reds. Because the way the audience laughed, I felt like they were getting something that I was not there. So that explains that. Especially if it was Manchester U, because that's like one of the three football teams I've heard of. So. You know we've got soccer in the U.S., right? Yeah, watch it. It's quite I good. I don't even I don't even watch football. I am in Alabama, right in the smack dab in the middle of the SEC, and I don't even really watch football. It's I'm just I'm not into sports. It ain't my thing. So, so I'm not I'm not going to go on to a big rant about the um, NFL scab referees. Then that's fine. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, I've like heard of that in the news. It's not affecting my life one bit. Um, you know. Whether they get paid a hundred thousand or or whatever, don't care. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I don't like actively dislike sports. I'm glad people have their passions. It's just not something I know or care much about myself. Um, so we get to the end of the episode here when Lister and Cat, uh, Rimmer and Cat, indicate that Lister is pregnant, and I am totally calling BS on this. I the the end of the first season was a, a, a foiler. There's been foilers in almost every episode. Um, everything turns out to be an April Fool's joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to say that either 
one, they were just lying. Or two, in our universe, when men are pregnant, then these uh, colors are switched on uh, uh, pregnancy tests. Um, Excuse me. Can I, can I um, just refer you back <laughs> to something from season one? I've forgotten what episode it is. Future Records. That's it. Future Records. That's all I need to say. Ah, uh, well, I remember in Future, I mean, like I said, in Future Echoes, Lister had a kid, um, or two, but I don't know. I'm not sure that the timeline exactly works, um, especially since we know that Kachansky will be back in the picture in some way at some time. So I'm still gonna, I'm still going to call BS on this and say that, that this Lester is definitely not pregnant. I may be wrong, but that's just my theory. I'm not saying anything. I'm just. I know you really can't, and, and I'm the only. I'm I, and I'm the only uh, newbie on this episode, so Angela can't even you know, back me up or disagree or what else. But speaking of Angela, let's take a quick listen and see what she had to say about this. Episode. Hello, everyone. This is Angela off to see her parents on the Holly Hop Drive. Hopefully, not going into any parallel universes. And I wanted to leave my feedback for Season 2, Episode 6, Parallel Universe. I will strangely be leaving only the men to talk about this episode, so I definitely wanted to give my input. First off, what? 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 Anyway, the, the beginning of the episode, uh, where we have the interesting musical number that doesn't seem to go anywhere except we want to have an interesting musical number. I have to say I was less than impressed with Cat's singing voice, though that may have been the sound quality. Um, then we see Rimmer in a leotard, and we focus on his middle for a long, long time while they're trying to tell a pickup line worm joke. And I just have to keep staring at the leotard and staring. And it's very distracting. Go back and look at it. Seriously. Anyway, we have the Hollyhop Drive and go to the parallel universe where women are the dominant gender. Um, we have a southern dog. Why a southern dog? I don't know. Well, we just do. We just do. Um, and he uncomfortably calls Cat boy at one point. But anyway, the, the dog was not my favorite part of the episode. What was my favorite part of the episode was female Rimmer and female Lister. Female Lister was a lot of fun, but she didn't really cause much conflict. Female Rimmer was fantastic. We have her sexually aggressive and not really as shy as Rimmer, excuse me, male Rimmer, <laughs> ends up being. Um, we have the gender equality or inequality being explained through reproduction. Interesting theory. Um, I could go for a long, long time on that, but I won't. But I find it interesting that we have reproduction happening in the other gender but the equipment is 
still the same, and that doesn't make a great deal of sense, but uh, S.O.D.ing, S.O.D.ing, I, I will just start off. Um, and seriously, pregnant? What? What? Seriously, if this turns into that weird Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, I'm going to have issues. Uh, we, we know that he's going to get married to uh, what's-her-face. I know people are hating me because I can't remember her name. Um, but pregnant? Really? No. No, that's just too weird for words. So, yes, I'm deciding that uh, Rimmer's lying. Rimmer will not be an uncle. He's doing the same thing. He's having a wheeze. He's wheezing off. He's doing all of the wheezy things that ever a wheeze there was. Um, so anyway, my ratings for this episode. Hated the dog. Oh, could not stand the dog. Liked a lot of the other things. Enjoyed how both Rimmer and Lister were disgusted with themselves in female form, but not really seeing that they themselves were disgusting. And loved, you know, some of the, even some of the sodding moments. Just, you know, fun times. Uh, and, yeah, ha having sex with yourself in a parallel universe is it, kind of gross. Sorry, Lister, you're gross. But anyway, um, I did enjoy this episode. I give it 9 out of 10 pink frilly scudders with little boy and girl versions after they have babies. And my quote for the episode, I'm only going to have one, uh, Rimmer says, you're disgusting. You're only after me for one thing. And Arlene says, why? How many have you got? And that was Angela's take on the episode. Hopefully uh, she will be back next week uh, so we can uh, talk more about stuff. So, um, moving on. Well, that was eloquent. Was So, I don't know. What did y'all think about uh, Angela's take on it? Um, me, there was one bit which I found really... I, I've, I've, I've seen that episode, what, maybe at least 10 to 20 times. And the bit what Angela says that the dog called cat boy and I was like Ooh. I've never it, to me straight away when she said it it kind of clicked into like a racial undertone type thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never ever looked at it like that before ever I never even noticed that he called him boy <clears throat> like that's that's my take on it and and then once she said it I'm like Whoa! What the heck yeah, is he saying? That's, that's one of those areas where, again, being in the southern U.S., you maybe develop more of an ear for that, mm. and it might, and in all likelihood, probably absolutely nothing of that sort was was meant by it in, in the writing or anything. But I don't think that they meant for the southern dog to act somewhat racist for cat. I thought it was just an exciting but, dog boy. I can't wait yeah. to like, yeah. oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, like that kind of thing. Well, or, or right. that, like, for instance, um, you know, the whole a dog and his boy thing. So the dog would look at a, not perhaps human, but, you know, another being like a human and think, 
okay, boy, where do you want me to go now? And if it was a girl, it'd be, okay, girl, where do you want me to go now? Um, So the intentions, I'm sure, are are totally clear. But when you when you take it out, when you look at it, and you're like, whoa, you, you, yeah, that's that's not a good thing to say. Uh, one thing that I remembered that I wanted to mention during our recap, uh, that I remembered while I was listening to Angela talk about how disgusting Lister was, um, in the scene where, uh, both of the Listers are in the bunk and they're waking up and you see, uh, Lister's London Jet shirt and his, his arm is up. And the sweat stain under the arm is a multi-layered sweat stain. <laughs> that shirt is so nasty looking and just so disgusting. And all I can think is, ew. It's like, regardless about, okay, he's sleeping with himself, but they're both in filthy clothes. She's still wearing her shoes. Like, how unpleasant must that have been? I'm the one that thinks about that. I don't know. I just, ew. (laughs) Lister is gross. Lister is gross. He is, he is. Oh, and, and, and I hope that holograms don't have a sense of smell. I believe, though, that we established in an earlier episode that they did. Yeah, yeah. I think they do. They have a hollow nose. But <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on Angela's comments? You've stolen everyone's rating system. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's. Oh, yeah, I've got to come up with one of those. So, uh, well, before we rate, uh, let's... Well, no, we rate first. So, yes. You know what? Sometime I'm going to write this down and remember it. So let's go ahead and, and rate. I'll put it... Okay, yeah. Go for it. Well, um, as, as Nettie's the guest, yeah. it's traditional that she goes first. So, Nettie? Okay, well, since I have to get rid of Baby Scudders as my rating system, I'm going to go with 9 out of 10. Bad pickup line. Nice. That's every child line ever used by a man. Not 9 out of 10. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but there is... There is one good pickup line. Actually, no, it's not a good one, but it made us laugh. Uh, when I was at work one day, this guy came in and said, I just heard the best pickup line ever. We're like, okay, well, let's hear it. And he says, girl, you must, your daddy must be a thief, because I just saw him stealing pants at Walmart. <laughs> I, I didn't even hear that last bit. I, uh, I just... Because I just saw him stealing pants at Walmart. <laughs> That's, quite... That's good. I like that one. I have no idea how it's a pickup line. But... It's not, but it's great. Uh, Paul, what would you think of the app? Uh, it was good in parts. Boring in others. I'll be honest. Uh, the only characters that I I, I like the tongue-tied bit, um, and female Rimmer. Uh, I wasn't a fan of. I'm not a fan of 
sticks. I've, I've seen female Lister in other things, and she's just meh. So I'm going to rate it six and a half out of ten hollow bites. Nice. Okay, it's uh, probably my turn to go next. Um, I like the episode. Um, it's not one of my favourites. I have to, I have to be honest with you. Um, I'm not quite sure if I'm a fan of the. How do I say it nicely? Um, the Wait, way that. Okay then. Uh, how men treat women and how to first seem when their attitudes are revert. If you know what I mean. Um, but there's good bits of the episode. Tongue tied has always been mentioned. Um, female uh, Rimmer is amazing. But I can only really give it 7 out of 10 um, lipstick kiss marks. <laughs> no. No. All right. Um, well, I, you know, I'm kind of in the same camp, Shane. Um, I mean, the musical number was cool, if a bit superfluous. Um, this was one of the neatest sci-fi concepts. I mean, you have your parallel dimension where it's identical, but one thing is different. That's classic. Uh, I felt like there's more they could have done with it, really, than, than they did. In a half, in a half an hour time. In a half hour time frame. Yeah, make it a two episode arc. It's it's worth it. I don't know, maybe, uh, but still, um, some good acting going on there. Uh, everybody's talking about um, Femrim, but I thought that even though she didn't have nearly as big of, of, of a part, uh, Chicklist, uh, just with some of her physical acting, did a really good job of uh, of copying. Uh, Lister's mannerisms and whatnot. So, that was cool. But yeah, all in all, I ended up giving it uh, 7 out of 10. Okay, I had totally thought of 1, and now it just has left my mind. Oh yeah, 7 out of 10 mysteriously appearing pictures of a cat. I'm surprised no one picked Hollyhopter on. I know, I was going to do that, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to end up stealing somebody else's reading system, so let me come up with something else. <laughs> and something else that we rate highly is uh, our friends and uh, fellow podcasters. And so, you know what, you're here, Nutty, so why don't we just have a listen at your uh, promo. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlast.org slash blog. So yes, listen to Nutty, because as you can tell uh, from her spot on this show, she's generally awesome and does generally awesome things. Um. So, let's have some feedback from some of our other valued listeners. Uh, U.M. Ankhorn says, I could never get tired of watching Tongue Tied. Classic. 
If you go back and watch Stasis League, you probably hear a version of Tongue Tide played as the lobby music in the Ganymede Holiday Inn. That is neat to know. I did not know that. Uh, thank you, Ewan. Uh, up next we have well, Russ. We know that Tongue Tide, the original song, is so much better than the remix then in the 90s for the single. Jay Hunter wrote... Just before we start, before I read this thing, I just want to say thank you again to Jay for making that picture. Of, Definitely. Uh, yes. That was awesome. Amazing. The Queek pick was nice. Thank you very much, Jay. Uh, anyway, Jay Hunter goes on to say, I absolutely love Tongue Tied. Something I found weird was that our league was a lot more forward, publicly insulting and condescending towards men. I know Arnie's a bit of a creep, but come on, maybe that, maybe it's that Arlene has home field advantage. Also, there's a weird edit when listed as his belt-in party piece. So, question for each of the panel. If you were single and went to a parallel universe and you got drunk partying, would you, you know... In the remastered version, they cut up the tongue-tied instrumental during the disco and mostly played tales of cat and dog dancing. The morning after this conversation was pretty mean as well. I'd love to know Angela and Nutty's view on it. Was it nice to hear the tables turn? On the DVD, Norman Lovett complains about having the lipstick kisses on his face. Hilly offered to actually do them, but Norman kicked up a fuss to get them done artificially. What a man by. Overall, a very interesting episode, but not one of my favourites. Congrats on mm-hmm. finishing episode uh, series two, guys. One bam, thank you, mister. <laughs> so, Jay brings up a question on that. If you were single, then went to, he offers two, went to parallel view. He offered two questions. Um, would you Get uh, which Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't get jiggy with myself, no. Because I don't know. I think I'd make a very handsome man. I've already got I don't boobs. know if I could resist myself. And luckily, I'm not single, so I don't have to answer. Uh-huh. It says, if you were single. <laughs> I'm not single either. Well, apparently, since Angela and I even get invited to podcasts as as a single unit, then I think we're just too melded for me to even think of myself as single. So, so are, you, are, you, are you saying Angela is the female heat? And that you've already Ooh. done that. <laughs> wow. You know? Considering that we met because we were both reading Star Wars novels at band camp. And... Oh. I don't know. There's maybe something to that. You'll have to ask Angela next week, though. My don't mind. worry, we will. Uh, also... <laughs> the second question, I believe, is directed towards me, since Angela's not here. We could ask him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He should be able to answer for Angela. <laughs> uh, um, which is... Uh, was it nice to have the table turn in the morning after conversation? Um... I I can say that I think it was just as disgusting either way, the whole it's the man's responsibility thing. Um <clears throat> and and it makes me feel uh, a little less respect for Lister because he was having exactly the same thoughts. And you'd think that by that time in the future, um everyone would realize that everyone needs protecting. It's not one person's job. It's everyone's responsibility. Um, I I will say that it just added to the meanness and uh, disrespect that I have for 
uh, Femme Rimmer because she just keeps saying, I hope you get pregnant. Like, that is a justifiable punishment. And that somebody having casual sex needs to be punished. There's there's so much that you could read into that one scenario. Um, yeah. It, it does not give much hope for the human race. What annoyed me about that whole thing think, was the fact that um, that whole morning after scenes thing was the fact I'm, I'm going to come across and sound really, really sexist here, right? And I don't mean to do it intentionally, but obviously, with it being a parallel universe, you'd think the people that are already there would tell them that, say, look, you're, you're the one that gets, you know what I mean? But at the same time, if you went into a parallel universe, would you tell women, by the way, you know you get pregnant? Yeah, I don't think that. Uh, but it's not something that they questioned. Yeah. They didn't know that it wasn't normal, so they didn't think that it uh, bore mention. Yeah, but you'd think with it being themselves from an... Obviously, they knew that it came from an alternative dimension. You'd think, well... Yeah. It, you're I'd dealing be with low technicians here that fix suit machines. Good point. Let's move I on. I mean, they knew that. <laughs> they knew that. They knew that the society was different, but could they have guessed that the biology would work absolutely backwards from what they had always known to be the case? That's what I'd be in the pub discussing with my opposite. I'd be like, "What's different?" Yeah, oh, I would totally go down the list. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> but see, but would you even think to ask? Would it ever occur to you I that in this dimension that ev- women don't get pregnant? I would ask every single little. You wouldn't have thought that Wilma Shakespeare? <clears throat> oh, no, I, I would have gone with, um, all the way up to, what, what is it, uh, Georgina Bush. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I thought just, yeah, by and large, I, I mean, it was obviously, they were reversing the roles there and, and I think overemphasizing, doing a bit of hyperbole to do some social commentary on sexism. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about how men treat women. But, yeah, I think they were doing it to such a degree that it, it ceased to be believable uh, as social commentary and just became sort of annoying to me. I don't know. Um, I mean, I know this was made in the very early 90s, but I mean, I can tell you that I remember in the early 90s it was still pretty much believed oh, well, that's your job, you know, you're the woman, you're supposed mm-hmm. to handle all of this. And there are still people that believe that to this day. They're wrong, uh, but they do believe that. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, a friend of mine said, you know, when I had boys, I thought, I have nothing to worry about. Because if you have girls, you always have to worry about her getting pregnant or somebody trying to do something. But I've got a boy. Wow. I don't have to worry about that. But then. Being wow. a father, he realized, you know what? I have to worry. What if my son gets somebody pregnant? What if, you know, I had still have to worry about these things. But it is a common thought that, you know. I get mad at people who don't have their pets fixed, much less people who don't worry about their children and pregnant. Exactly, exactly. But it it is the common, and I hate, I hate you know, the common societal thought of, well, you got to protect your daughters. You never see people posting pictures on Facebook about, oh, when my uh, son brings home a girl, I'm going to show her a bullet, write her name on it, and say, this is what happens 
this is for you if you hurt my baby or if you uh, get her get, or if he gets you pregnant. You know, you don't see stuff like that, but then you see people cheering the uh, the guys that are posting things like that or saying how, um, you know, daddy's against daughters dating and things like that, you know. Oh, I, yeah. I heard the funniest line to something like that. Mm. Um, a, a, a friend of mine who lived in, in the US, we were, talking, we were talking about it, and we were like, what would you do if you, if, if, like, you had kids and then you got pregnant? I don't know why we were discussing it. I was drunk. It's <laughs> a regular occurring for me at the minute. Not regular, regular. Yeah. Anyway, and he goes, well, first I'd meet the boyfriend, and I would just give him a warning. And I'd be like, I was like, oh yeah. He goes, yeah. You see that girl there? She's my pride and joy. If you mess with her, get her pregnant, anything like that, I don't mind going back to prison. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty intimidating. Yeah. But do, do, do you think that he'd say the same to a girl wanting to date his son? Yeah, you know, and, and so that's the thing. Well, it seems heavy-handed, but at the same time, if if you try to flip yeah. things you see every day, it's not so heavy-handed. I'd slap so, the I'd slap yeah. <laughs> But yeah, just, the, well, I, I guess I, I overstated it. But by the heavy-handed, I meant, like you said, with the, I hope you get pregnant. I mean, who says that? I don't, I mean, I've heard some pretty sexist, horrible things said to people, but, but yeah. I've I've heard lines like that in older shows. Um, Again, it's more of the idea of you need to be punished for having casual sex, and um, pregnancy is a justifiable punishment. But the people who think like that are also the people who think that an STD is a justifiable punishment, and that it's here uh, to punish people who are doing what they think is wrong because they're so repressed they must be involved in everybody else's lives. Well, see, there's more responsible ways for a show to get the idea across that irresponsible sex is bad and has consequences, like, you know, having one's um, lover turn into a demon and hunt their friends down, <laughs> or they end up uh, six months pregnant with a demon baby the next morning. Um, not, not that I can think of any shows in particular, but still. Okay, moving on, moving I think, I think uh, um, to move the plot along, that also was used more so that Lister would respond to the fact that, wait, what do you mean I could get pregnant? I think they had yeah. to come up with a way to bring that topic up and to realize that it was directed at, at him. Yeah. Uh, let's see, we had one more feedback. Um, do I read that? Paul? Oh, not, not do you want ahead, to read Paul, but does somebody want to read Paul Hadsley? Um, I'll do it. Do you want me to do it? I could do it. And from Paul Hadsley. See, I'm already screwing up. <laughs> from Paul Hadsley. Uh, yes, Russ, but Danny also sang the Red Dwarf theme at the recording session. That's quite a rare alternate version. Great episode. Nice to see Holly get a female counterpart, too, instead of getting something too computery. Maybe he should have had that Sinclair ZX81 is for crush. Something I always wondered, were there scudders behind that bar, or were they just fetching their own drinks? I wondered that too, Paul. That's me editorializing. 
did the rumors actually do anything? And again, editorializing, they do give each other little glances that make you wonder. Uh, do you miss the opening credits? I don't. I don't mm-hmm. good. I don't good as they were always. I don't, period. Good as they were. Tom. Ah, got it. Missing punctuation. I'm very confused by that. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Good as they were, I always felt they were too long and they wasted valuable gag time. Also, a proper end of the series. How will they get out of this one? Uh, and Heath, I have already speculated. Yeah, Keith jumped the boat on that, as did Angela. So, that is our feedback. Uh, if you want to send us some feedback, send us an email, maybe at uh, theredwarfpodcast at gmail.com. If you're going to talk about a future episode that we might not have seen yet, just put what episode it is there so we don't spoil it. Uh, you could hop onto our Facebook group. We are slowly creeping toward 50 members. Not to 50, good Twitter at us. Uh, yeah. Our Twitter is Red Dwarf Intro. Ah, there we go. Angela's not here. But yes. uh, you could also uh, use smoke signals um, or a, a telegraph. So good luck with that. Funny um, <laughs> express. You could also um, go to iTunes and leave a review and give the five-star review. As you well should. Yes. Have you had any on iTunes? Have you had any ratings on the American iTunes yet? I'll comment. You know, I haven't checked in a, in a few days, um, but not enough. Even if we do, because you know, we need lots of five star ratings. We need validation. We're needy. Um, <laughs> At the minute, on the British one, we've got four out of five stars. Well, there you go. Nice. That's so you cool. hear that, U.S.? The Brits are beating you again. It's the War of eighteen twelve all over again. Get on that iTunes review. That's right. I mean, are, are we going to have to get some French listeners to come in and save us? Um, anyway. So, uh, Shane, let's do a few questions. Um, are you going to be taking over? Out? Sorry. Uh, Nutty, you are our guest. Do you want first quote? Um, sure. Trying to decide which of the three that I chose. Just do mine. Actually, I have four. Um, go with the one that uh, my husband's tech really likes. See you, Hall. See you, Hill. Call me there. Good one. Are you going to do um, Angela's quote? Well, we've already heard it. Oh, yeah. When we Sorry. played the tape, so all is well there. My, God. my bad. Sorry. Not with it today. That's okay. cool. What's your quote? My, my quote is uh, it's from the cat. Hey, I want to settle down. Soon as I find the right small group of girls, seven or eight women that are right for me, my wonder days are over, buddy. Yeah. Let's see. I will go with... Uh, you've got your basic dimensions right. Length, breadth, depth, and time. The fifth dimension has coexisting realities. My quote two is, who share the same what are you, a man or a munchkin? Sounds like I'm off to see the wizard, the wonderful <laughs> wizard of Oz. Nice. 
I had that one written down too. Oh, did you have any other bonus ones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I had that one, and uh, in response to burping the Yankee, Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> Isn't that your party piece? <clears throat> yeah, but when I do it, it's really stylish. You're Irish as well. Accent's terrible. <clears throat> I think, yeah, when, when we try to do that particular accent, it, it comes out Irish. I don't know. Maybe years ago. Right. I'm only going to... It's Don't Eat Me hypothesizing, right? The Irish actually moved to Liverpool. Because that's where uh, Craig Charles is from. Well, you um, know, it, 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 it makes sense for me because my uh, my cousin actually... Uh, yeah, he plays for Liverpool and he, his family's from Ireland. That's where my family is from, so... There you go. <laughs> At least some Irish have moved to Liverpool. <laughs> Can you say please? Hmm? Never mind. I, okay. Didn't hear you. Yeah, Skype is Skype is getting a bit staticky. It's hard to hear. Ah, sorry. Uh, but Backwards. I think we have reached the end of this episode. Uh, mm. Shane, why don't you tell us what we're going to be watching next week? Backwards. Backwards. Okay. In which we watch... You will watch this. Next week is going to be a good one. <laughs> I, oh. I see what you did there, Nutty. I cannot wait for next week. <laughs> Just so you all know. That's right. There is going to be a huge rant. Hey, that's a spoiler. No, it's, there's going to be a huge rant. And okay. it's, about, it's about something okay. that happened in season two, but I'm going to write, rant about it next week. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Nettie, thank you once again for joining us. Always in the life. Thank you for having me. And uh, will you be joining us again anytime soon? Uh, I hope so. I don't remember exactly what I'm put down for, but um, okay. I do know that my husband and co-conspirator over at Nimla Studios is signed down for a future episode. Lovely. We will look forward to that. Uh, and once again, uh, Nanny, can you tell us where we can find you on the interwebs? You can find me at nimlas.org slash blog, nimlas.org slash nuttybites, Twitter, Facebook, Flickr, Goodreads, wherever there is, just type in Nukechoff. You can find the spelling of that on nimlas.org. <laughs> That's right. So you can listen to Nutty at uh, nambla.org. Right. Mm, um, no. No, wait a minute. No, wait. That was something else. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week for a new season. Goodbye, everybody. Hello, everyone. This is Shane here, speaking to you from the future, speaking to you as I edit this week's podcast. Hopefully everyone's enjoyed this week's edition of the Red Wolf Intercast. We had a lot of fun making it. Uh, just a couple of things. The thing number one is that in two weeks' time, we'll be releasing the details of our very, very special Christmas episode, in which you, the fans of the Red Wolf Intercast, pick on what we review. And second of all, there will not be an episode next week. That's because his birthday is on Monday, the 8th of October. And he's actually away having lots of fun. Um, so we will see everyone in two weeks' time. Just before I go, just want to leave you with this very special musical number. Talk to you in two weeks. Jiggle pip!
Once a year we celebrate with soup and had some plastic plates. The fact that you were able to make another trip around the sun. <sighs> and the whole clan gathers round and gifts and laughter do abound. And we let out a joyful sound and sing that stupid song. Happy birthday! Now you're one year older. Happy birthday! Your life still isn't over. Happy birthday! You did not accomplish much. But you didn't die this year, I guess that's good enough. 